You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. And today this episode is is sort of a hodgepodge of things, a little bit of a BS session. Uh, we talk about some of the proposed waterfowl regulation changes um there's some new uh there's a new river access boat launch that we want to make you all aware of things like that so um a handful of interesting topics in this one not necessarily related to one another but still important for we felt important for you all to be aware of so that's what we talk about in this episode before we do that, though, we need to talk about our sponsor, Mastin's Deer Sense. So Mastin's is a deer scent company, hence Mastin's Deer Sense, obviously. But uh, not only do they provide liquid scent, you know, your standard liquid scent spray bottle or whatever of, of liquid scent, but they've got scented gel crystals. They've got deer scented candles, which you can use with or without their double scent stacker. If you don't know what their double scent stacker is, I encourage you to go to their website, mastinsdeersense.com, and, and check that out. It allows you to layer scents with their liquid scent and their, their deer-scented candles. So lots of interesting and, and unique things to try from Mastin's. So again, check them out, mastinsdeersense.com, or you can go to ohiohuntsman.com sponsors and find all of our sponsor information there. Now let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Are you listening? Alright guys, so what's new? It feels like I don't know why. It feels like it's been a while since I've talked to you guys, but it, I mean, we talked last week, right? Jake, well, I wasn't on last week. Jake wasn't on last week. So maybe that's why it feels, <laughs> it feels different. Maybe. I don't know. But it feels like maybe, maybe because I had a long weekend this weekend or something. I don't know. It just feels like it's been longer than, uh, than our normal weekly conversation. I I had today off work and didn't real today's uh, we're recording on Martin Luther King Jr. Day and I had the day off work. Uh, but with working remote, you know, like you don't have your just regular office conversation. And so I also had Friday off just with my normal work schedule. And so a couple of years ago, they changed our holidays. We didn't, we didn't always used to get, um, MLK day off. So Thursday we were in a meeting and somebody mentioned, Hey, don't forget, you know, we have Monday off work and I'm sitting there thinking, Oh gosh, I'm glad somebody, you know, mentioned that. Cause I'd have probably just logged in and worked. <laughs> and one of the other, one of the other guys actually said, Oh boy, I'm, you know, I'm glad you said that because I would have definitely just logged in and worked and been wondering why, ever, why nobody's responding to my emails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. This year's the first year that my wife's company has off for MLK day. 
Okay. And it was hard for her to remember yeah. because uh, they get floating holidays. So a lot of people would use a floating holiday to, you know, take MLK Day off. But, you know, it was not everybody, not even a majority of people. Yeah, so I could see people was, that had kids who their kids are off school or whatever make, you know, make right. sense to use one of your floaters. Which, uh, this is a different topic. What Do you guys remember uh, having MLK Day off as when we were in school? Oh, boy. No, um... I'm, I'm almost positive we, I didn't get MLK Day off until college. High school, elementary school, we didn't get it off. Hmm. I don't I honestly I'm don't almost remember. positive. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we did or didn't. I don't know. And my my work does well. They had set holidays and then they cut the holidays back and took a couple away and gave us floaters and now they took a floater back and made MLK Day a holiday. Yeah, that's but, what they did with my brother or with uh my wife's work as well with Amber's work. But that doesn't mean anything for me because it, nothing was different. It wasn't like a real holiday at work. We didn't have reduced hours. It, I guess the only thing that was different is some of the doctor's offices weren't open. But <laughs> other than that, it was just a normal day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's what my wife, you know, what she did was she took the opportunity to go to the doctor. She had the day off, so she went to the doctor. Ah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I hung out at, it, Amanda didn't have the day off, so it was kind of, it was, uh, it was just kind of That's kind of strange know? that Amanda didn't have the day off because the markets were closed today. You would yeah, think it doesn't make sense, today? right? Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> her, so, but her, I, I think we, cause we speculated on this, her company does both investing investments and insurance and yeah. I think a lot of their like policies and procedures in their HR manual holidays, you know, things like that come from the insurance side. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't really make sense for them to work on MLK day because like you said, the markets are closed, but it's not a, it's not one of their holidays. So, but yeah, so here we are recording our our weekly podcast so anything new in the in the uh, i guess personally before we get into some of the topics we want to cover in the you know you guys been outside at all or done anything got any good trail cam picks any anything like that no i haven't i uh yeah i uh busted all the ice off my pond to uh try to get some geese to land in it (laughs) <laughs> you mean Amber busted the ice off your pond? So she she overplays that a lot. <laughs> so I had her out there watching me in case I fell in. Like she could call 911 basically if I got. So, so we got to back up though because people don't know what we're talking about here. Uh-huh. So uh, yeah, so I busted the ice off my pond by getting in my kayak and floating around and breaking around, the ice. Yeah. Well, I quickly realized that the ice was thicker than I expected. Um, so I was like, oh, well, Amber, grab me a shovel. Like, I can just break it up with the shovel. You know, I can't, like, I can't just paddle into it and break it up. I got to actually bust it. Well, that only got me like, I don't know, another three feet into the pond, you know, and I'm not. So it's like, okay, well, this isn't working either. And it's like, well, if I can get, you know, like actually have something pull me through here, you know, my body weight will break the ice. So I had Amber throw me a rope and kind of pull me. Well, I just went up on the ice like the ice was thick enough to just hold me oh made it the ice was way thicker than i was expecting you know like right at the edge where i started the sun hits it all day 
So that ice oh, was thin. Gotcha. But when I got to the parts, which is the majority of it, that is shaded, that ice was, I don't know, an inch, inch and a quarter, inch and a half thick. You know, so then my wife pulled me up onto the ice. Well, now I can't paddle around and I'm just stuck there at, at her mercy. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, did that whole thing. So did you get I, it all broken up then or? No, no. The, okay. the little patch that I broke up that was, you know, like that the light, the sun hit every day. I got broken up. You know, which is, I don't know, it's maybe, I don't know, it might have been a 20-yard long section on one side, and then it maybe went 10 yards, you know, like a 20 by 10 strip. Yeah. That's all I was able to get broken up. And it stayed you know, not frozen for a couple of days and the ducks loved it. You know, I would get ducks in there, but duck season's closed in the northern zone. And uh, then it froze back up on me, you know, three days later. So it didn't really work out for me. <laughs> it, was, it was an effort in futility, huh? Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a bad idea. You know, just all around. <laughs> Because I, I never expected the ice to be that thick. It, yeah. I mean, that day, it was it was a warm day. You know, the, the, the like, three days before I tried to break it up, it had been warm. Right, yeah. So I thought, oh, this ice is barely hanging on. And right at the edge, you know, where I started, yeah, the ice was barely hanging on. There wasn't much there. I could just break it right up. But where the shade was that ice was still thick thick still thick yeah so and then i pulled well, my trail camera yesterday and uh had a bunch of turkey on it oh that's so good that's exciting yeah um at least three toms and uh at least one bearded hen I've been so starting to think about turkey season. I, I still want to get yeah. out one more time for for to try to get a deer with my bow, but I've been starting to get turkey on the brain. Yeah, I got a a nice buck that day walks occasionally, but there's no pattern to it. Like he just shows up during the day every now and then. And it's not like in the evening, it's not, you know, it's, I mean, it's either the evening or the morning, but it's not always the evening or always the morning. Yeah. He just shows up. So there's nothing, you know, I can, I can't pattern him in any way. So I haven't cracked the code yet. Yeah. And it's, I'm not really willing to go sit out there, you know, in the cold and basically spook off all my does too to try to hunt him i think i'm gonna try this saturday and it's both like i think they're calling for like a high of 25 so it's gonna be cold but i think i'm gonna go out and try to tough it out and mm-hmm. see if i can yeah. get another one we'll see but yeah. well my wife just told me she signed me up i'm taking thursday i'm taking a friend of ours i guess my wife's one of my wife's good friends her husband he uh wants to hunt he's always wanted to hunt i guess but never had the opportunity and they set that all up and Lindsay's like so on thursday you want to take john hunting i'm like sure (laughs) so a new new hunter brand new hunter yeah so we're gonna try and do a little crash course here this week Tomorrow I'm going to get, I'm going to have him use my bow. Um, and then I'm going to borrow dad's bow just cause it feels weird to be in the woods without a bow, even though I 99% won't shoot. Um, cause he's, cause got, I'm not even, he doesn't have anything, right? He doesn't I mean, have anything. Like, yeah. 
So okay. I'm going to put him in a blind because he's a big guy. So he, I can't even loan him clothes. Um, so I'm going to put him in a blind in all black and you have, I'm going to have him over tomorrow to shoot my bow. And he says he's shot a bunch growing up or whatever. Um, guns, crossbow. He's shot a little bit of compound bow just casually for fun. Never hunted, but always wanted right. to hunt. So that's the plan. I just found out about that like yesterday and into today. So Thursday I'm going out with him, assuming everything plays out the way we want it to. Um, so are you going to sit with him or I, I'm going to see how it goes. I'm going to talk to him and see if he's comfortable sitting in a blind by himself or if he wants me in there just because he's not comfortable. Um, I mean, I'd prefer not to sit in the blind with him just cause he's, really big guy um so my blind's not huge (laughs) so we'll be on top of each other if we're both in there um which that's what's got to happen that's what's got to happen but yeah i mean uh, that place is basically going to become a fart box right (laughs) (laughs) so i mean jeff you've been in it so and you yeah so yeah it's not a it's a one and a half man blind we'll call it it's not even a two-man blind (laughs) okay uh, I think technically it's defined as a two man blind, but it's not two men yeah. in there, full size men in there. It it's tight. <laughs> yeah, that's always uh yeah what they advertise like how many people blinds. It's like there's no way. Yeah, you know because yeah like a tiny blinds a two person blind, and then yeah like a a blind a normal size blind they're like oh that's a three person blind. It's like yeah, maybe maybe me and two five-year-olds. Right, two children. <laughs> but so we'll see. We'll see how things go. Like I said, we're going to do some shooting tomorrow just at the targets or whatever. And I'm going to borrow dad's bow, assuming that, you know, he's comfortable enough. And I'm confident that he'll be, a, which I, you know, I mean, it's not like we're, I'm not, even if I do hunt on my own quote unquote unquote i'm gonna be right around the corner from him um right you know that's just so we'll see and and this Um, is this is your property yeah yeah i'm gonna go to my property yeah right so that i mean that's really more or less that that's borderline killing except except for when i'm there yeah except for when you there yeah i try to get you out there to kill and the deer smell you or something i don't know i yeah I don't know what's going on, but yeah, every time know. I've taken my niece out there, it's been bad luck, but yeah. Other than the first time. Yeah. First time, first time, first time which yeah. First time. I'm pretty sure Lewis helped a little bit. Pretty sure those deer were at his feeder and he saw us over there and scared him, scared him, him over away from his feeder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had him try that once for me, but. He, uh, he, cause I was out hunting and he wasn't hunting and he's like, you won't believe this. They're at my feeder behind the house. I'm like, well, walk out there and make them leave. (laughs) So he did. And they ran off, but they didn't stick around. They didn't come to me. They just, I saw them run, but they didn't stick around, but well, you have to keep us posted on that. Yeah. So it should be, you know, I've got a lot to cover in you know basically yeah. a day, i mean like shot placement right right know, so yeah angle, i'm trying to know, like with... right i'm trying to text with him as much as i can you know i worked today but this evening i'm hoping that i can start you know getting some conversation going and maybe yeah. showing him some pictures and like you know like because i asked him that stuff i don't know all the details other than he's never hunted but always wanted to so I don't know if he's watched a bunch of hunting videos. I don't know, you know, like, right. do you know where to shoot a deer? Do you know? Yeah. And I, hopefully he shoots one because, you know, then we can get to the fun stuff, the tracking and gutting well, and gilling and quartering. Right. Here's, here's the real question is if he shoots one, I mean, this is a grown man. You Are you going to make him get his hands dirty? Don't you better believe it. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I ain't doing. I mean, I'll walk him through it. I might get my hands dirty with him, but yeah, he's gonna do it. 
Yeah, because yeah. I, I mean, I still remember that as a kid. You know, Dad, I shot my first deer. And it, I may not even shot my first deer. It may have been, no, it was my deer. It wasn't him. But I shot my first deer. And, you know, Dad cuts it open, you know, from, you know, butt to chest. But then he basically just says, okay, stick your hands in there. And it's like, you want me to do what? You know, like, <laughs> you want me to put my entire, you know, my arm, you know, because I'm, 11 yeah yeah and it's like you want me to put my arm up to my shoulder inside this deer and try to you know reach for its throat and then float my knife in the blood in there with me and try to touch the esophagus like right make sure you don't cut a finger off while you're at it yeah and i mean that's basically what he said he said you know reach into there you know and he's he was reaching in too but then eventually he's like, okay, well, take your knife in your other hand and reach up in there and, you know, cut that tube. And it's like, yeah, I just, I remember just being covered in blood, you know, because it was, I was reaching all the way up to my shoulder and, you know, I'm a kid and I'm, you know, so I'm not really knowing like how to, keep this blood off of me if you will but i mean i looked like i committed a murder when i was walking out of the, you know <laughs> i was no longer wearing orange i was wearing red oh uh, yeah well that'll be uh like you said hopefully he sees one gets a gets to get a shot something you know right yeah so exciting. we'll see i haven't uh I haven't really kept up with keeping the bait out for the food out for them. Um, so I don't know if they're coming. I don't know. Cause I haven't had the corn out. So I have yeah. to kind of speaking of that. But. Yeah. Uh, I went out to check my trail camera and I haven't put out any bait or anything since muzzleloader season. Um, and a week before muzzleloader season, I put out a bag of monster whitetail grub. Where I put out that bag, there's like a four-inch hole in the ground. Oh, they, really? They ate the all the monster whitetail grub and then, you know, like dug up the soil. And like there's, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty deep hole. Wow. And, you know, I don't, I didn't have a trail camera on it. You know anymore because when I last time I went out muzzleloader hunting when I was walking in I didn't have another SD card on me but I pulled the the card so I just had the cam I had the camera on it but with no card in it. Oh okay. So I don't you know I can't guarantee it was deer or you know what it was but yeah they they had dug a big hole in the ground. Something got after it. Yeah so that was kind of cool to see because it was you know i kind of expected to kind of walk out there and you know be like oh you know i wonder if there's any any left and you know like where exactly did i put it you know thinking i'm gonna have to do that and i walk up and it's like oh nope it was right there wow so cool well i guess uh one of the other things that we wanted to talk about was some of the the uh, waterfowl proposed changes, right? Jeff, you had mentioned some of that. What's going on there? Yeah, so just recently they proposed uh, the regulations for the 2021-2022 waterfowl season to uh, the Ohio Wildlife Council. Um, There was only two major changes um which one i think was sort of a clerical air um that they're changing um and that's that veterans are allowed to hunt during the uh youth waterfowl season that started last year yeah, that's a new change yeah yeah that was new last year you know this this past waterfowl season 
Um, and when hearing people talk about it, I mean, even people from the ODNR, uh, and a lot of them said like, oh, you know, it's going to be real good because veterans will be able to take youth out. You know, the seasons overlap, you know, so veterans will be able to take youth out. That's what they're hoping to have happen. Well, the regulations for youth waterfowl season say that the youth has to be with a non-hunting adult. Ah. So technically a veteran who was hunting couldn't take a a youth with him without having an additional non-hunting adult. So they are going to fix that problem for the 2021-2022 season. Okay. A a veteran who is legally allowed to hunt can hunt can accompany a youth and that youth doesn't need a non-hunting adult they need a non-hunting adult or a hunting veteran or an active service military that makes sense that seems like a good change yeah yeah i think that was just a clerical error that they you know they always intended for veterans to be able to take the youth they just hadn't updated the law you know they forgot that that was basically in the law that you know they they the youth has to be accompanied but they forgot to kind of say like oh well a veteran counts too you know a hunting adult who's hunting waterfowl counts too right okay uh the other one which i'm excited about there's kind of mixed feelings but i'm excited about it is they're raising the bag limit on uh, Canada geese from three to five. Okay. Which I'm excited about that because especially, you know, I don't have a lot of people, you know, that I waterfowl hunt with. This is my first year waterfowl hunting. And kind of run into the problem where if I were to call in one group, you know, when I'm solo hunting, and I shoot two geese out of it. So now I'm allowed one more. Well, do I call in another group and educate a, you know, a whole group of geese to shoot one of them? Or do I just go home with my two? You know, I, I'm trying not, especially because I'm new and I know I'm not doing things right, you know, or the best way possible. I'm trying not to educate the birds as much as possible you know i want to kind of keep them dumb (laughs) sure (laughs) because you know smart birds are not going to come to me probably (laughs) what i hear what i hear jeff is i'm trying to keep them on my level (laughs) right right i need dumb birds i need dumb birds for a dumb hunter (laughs) right well, and also, I mean, like, yeah, it's for for me, you know, the main place I have to to goose hunt is an hour drive plus setting up decoys and all that. And that's a lot of work. Right. For three geese. Yeah. You know, for for the best I can possibly do is three, you know, and trying to convince someone else like, oh, hey, let's go hunting and sit out in the cold and you know if we're lucky we'll limit out at three geese is that a like a daily limit or a like a yearly bag limit that's the daily limit okay yeah which i believe now the early goose season and the regular goose season now have the same bag limit that i think they're both five now it used to be the early season was five, regular season was three. Do you know, is there a, because a, they were talking about this on Meat Eater, is there a possession limit? Like, is there, once you've got 15, you know, you can only have 15 geese in your possession at any one time, or a- anything like that? Yes, there is a possession limit. Um, I'm not an expert on these because I'm new to waterfowl hunting and Basically, every waterfowl I've killed, I've almost eaten immediately. Um, <laughs> right. But I believe it's three times the daily bag limit. Okay. And uh, you can, however, you can gift 
even you can gift the meat to a non-hunting to a non-hunter if you will a non-hunting resident of your own house even oh really so i yeah so technically like my household possession limit would be my three times the daily bag limit plus my wife's but i need to formally make a receipt of gifting them to my wife and that's you know? like official like it, the the law is written that way or that's something you've read online uh i'm pretty sure the law i i don't want don't quote me don't use this information like this isn't legal advice i guess but it just seems like that a fishy is official loophole. like like oh i gifted him to my you know like you know yeah like, oh I, my wife shot that deer you know it just seems like that right. same type of yeah i've i've got seems fishy that information from official sources okay you know it's not like i just heard that from some dude online i heard it from i believe i got that information uh directly from i uh attended a course on i think it was like learn the waterfowl hunt or something from the odnr okay and it was online and they explained the possession limits you know and stuff like that because okay to someone who's never waterfowl hunted before who's completely green it's well it's probably the same for someone who's never deer hunted before but i don't know about that but it's really intimidating all the the rules and trying to stay legal yeah you know it's to someone who's probably done it their whole life or has done it for a while it's not that you know it's pretty simple but you know, when you're completely green, never done it, never really known anyone who's done it, it's intimidating. Well, and yes. I think, I mean, I don't know anything about it, but like I said, I was listening to Meat Eater and they were getting into sort of the murky waters of possession limits. And, you know, you can get into these hypothetical scenarios of like, well, I still have geese left over from last season. Am I, you know, I mean, it, it seems like the intent of the law is per season, but am I in violation of the possession limit or, you know, if whatever, yeah. somebody else yeah. is, you know, hunting with me or storing something in my freezer temporarily, you know, it's like it gets murky pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, I that's when I took the, the online course or whatever, you know, that was the thing that they kind of talked about the most, like this is where you're most likely to get in trouble is possession limits. Okay. Because it's, it's very similar to with deer, like who possesses that deer kind of thing. You know, if you throw, if you throw your deer in the bed of your buddy's truck and you're no longer with that deer, you know, he possesses it now and like you know you better make sure that you have all the correct tags on it because that deer is no longer in your possession yeah right he he, the guy like the truck owner can't claim ignorance and like i don't know if it's tagged or whatever right Right. like it's got to have his buddy's tag and number and information on it and whatever right and uh so like a, a a time where you could really get in trouble is like you know, you with duck hunting or waterfowl hunting, like you guys all get back to the truck and throw all your geese in the bed of the truck and then, you know, go to to Bob Evans or whatever to get breakfast and you go inside. Well, technically the truck owners in possession of all of those unless they're properly tagged. You know, it's okay. he possesses all of them. You know, you can't right. you can't do that. So you need to really be cautious with your your bag limits and who's who possesses them. Right. Okay. But and I'm not even positive, 100 percent positive that it's three times the daily bag limit is your possession limit. I'm pretty sure that's the number, but I'm not 100 percent positive because. Like I said, everyone I've killed, I've eaten fresh, basically. So I've 
I haven't had the need to uh, to check it, you know, to verify it. Sure. But yeah, okay. I'm excited about the the five goose limit. Um, I think other people are not, you know, not as excited. But the uh, the Mississippi flyways kind of their rationale behind it is they want to control the resident geese population more than they currently are. And they're kind of finding that hunters currently aren't having a huge impact on the migrating geese population. You know, they're, they're, they're not really shooting a ton of those. They're mostly shooting the resident geese. So they want to control those numbers more because I mean, yeah, you go to any urban area, any golf course, and if they're not doing something to control the geese, there's geese everywhere. Yep. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy about it. You know, it'll extend my opportunities and, you know, maybe I can convince more people to go goose hunting with me because we can, you know, shoot more. Yeah. You know, and it'll give you more time in the field because getting three geese on a good day is not hypothetically, I should say, is not hard. Can knock you know? that out pretty quick, yeah. Right. You know, you get I mean if you're coming shoot- from three guys who have never shot geese. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's but, easy. <laughs> you know, hypothetically you call in two groups and you know as a group of uh two or three guys you could have your limit yeah you know so you could be out of the woods or out of the field pretty early yeah hypothetically i can't say i i could do that really i mean i plan to uh put a herd on them this weekend We'll see what happens this weekend, but uh, you're going out to the farm. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, you know, I'm gonna give it, give it the good old college try. There you know, you put out a, f- a full decoy spread, and you know, because there's plenty of geese flying over. I just gotta catch a couple of dumb ones, and I'll we I'll had have a couple a fly over during our muzzleloader hunt out there. I yeah. remember. Yeah, I mean, we had we been goose hunting, we would have had a much more exciting experience. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, but. We need to take a quick break here and talk about our sponsor, Monster Whitetail Grub. Monster Whitetail Grub has what you need when it comes to deer feed and, and deer supplementation. So they've got their signature Monster Whitetail Grub feed, which it's a high protein feed. It's got mineral mixed in, and, and it's it's more of like a coarse feed. Works really well. We've had really good luck with it. They've got flavored corn, so it enhances just straight corn, turns it into more of a long-range attractant, and then they've got just straight mineral. So whatever you need, they have. Check them out, Monster Whitetail Grub. You can go to ohiohuntsman.com slash sponsors and get in touch with them. They may be in a retail location near you. They're, I've, I've been seeing they're getting, they're getting their product in more and more retail locations. So check with them. Maybe there's a retail location near you where you can pick it up, or you can just order it direct from Monster White Tilgra. Now, back to the conversation. In other outdoor-related news, we got an email from the ODNR, I guess it's been a couple days ago now, that uh, there's a new... Scioto River boat access in uh, it's open in Pickaway County. People that live in that area are probably well aware, but uh, the rest of us, there's a there's a new ramp located in South Bloomfield on the south side of State Route 316 near US 23. Uh, it says the construction on the access ramp and parking lot was completed in December 2020 in partnership with the Division of Wildlife and the Village of South Bloomfield. Uh, it's, the new ramp is approximately six river miles south of Mackey Ford Wildlife Area ramp. 
making it possible to have a lengthy float downstream between the two access points. So that's uh, always good. More access is, is uh, you know, I don't know that anybody complains about more access unless I guess maybe you have, you know, you live there and can get a boat in and, you know, you've had that stretch of river sort of to yourself unless somebody makes a long boat ride. I guess maybe those people. I'm sure there's somebody that doesn't like it, but <laughs> yeah, think, right. yeah, generally, I think, you know, more access is is good. Although they do say in this that uh, I think the 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 boat ramp opened and then promptly had a a giant tree wash up at the base of the ramp. So they say it'll be removed as soon as possible. You can still access the ramp in smaller crafts, but use extra caution when launching and retrieving boats in the area. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, this was a couple days ago, uh, so. You know, I don't know what the status of that is now, but keep that in mind if you're planning to head out there. Which also brings me to another topic of just river fishing. I guess river fishing from the bank because I don't have a boat. But we, we meaning Ella and I and my brother-in-law, you know, for a an hour or so dabbled in, I mean, Ella and I tried a couple times dabbled in fishing in the Ohio river from the bank and struck out hard, like hard, hard. And, you know, the first time we went down there, it was sort of impromptu, just kind of flipping lures in the river. You know, Ella wants to, tie a new lure on every you know cast it once or twice and like oh, okay i want to try this oh, okay I want, you know <laughs> you know how five-year-olds are but um i guess she was four at the time but the next time you know we went and got night crawlers i thought i mean how could you not catch a fish with a you know a worm right. and just nothing like not a nibble, not a, I, I did, I did like once or maybe twice have a gar follow my lure, you know, up close to where I was standing, but then, you know, nothing. But so, I mean, so I saw a fish, but that was, <laughs> as clo- <laughs> that was as close as I came. And I guess I need help. So if anybody out there listening is, uh, you know, knows a thing or two. And I'm talking, I am by no means an expert fisherman. I'm, you know, I'm sure I was doing lots of things wrong. But, you know, if somebody wants to come on and talk river fishing or or big river fishing, like what kind of tackle, what kind of rigging, what, what do I need? One of my goals, I would like one of my goals to be this year is to, catch a fish out of the Ohio river again from the bank. Cause I don't have a boat, but, uh, help me out. Give shoot us an email, Ohio huntsman at gmail.com. Send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. There's a contact us form on our website, Ohio huntsman.com. Get in touch with us somehow. I want to talk river fishing with, with somebody. Have you guys fished down, you know, go cause you know, for the listeners, we've talked a lot. We, you know, we have a cabin down southeast Ohio. It's not far from the Ohio River. Have you guys had any luck? Have you fished in the in the river in recent history? I have not. I, mean, I think the only time. Fished. Yeah, the only time I've fished uh, down by the cabin in the Ohio River was the one time we took our uncle's boat down there. Yeah, and, that, was, that was a long time ago. Right, right. That's yeah. the only time I've, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I was probably 10. So <laughs> that might have been 20 years ago or so. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not I, even sure that was the Ohio. Did we even get into the Ohio River or, or did we stay in? Because I thought we put in and like the Muskingum where the Muskingum right. close to where it goes yeah. into the Ohio River. Yeah. And we never got all the way down to the Ohio River. I think we, we kind of got down that far and kind of realized oh this isn't you know a good idea kind of thing like 
you know, it's bank fishing and, you know, we're the water, you know, people are out there tearing up and down the river on their boats, creating a wake. And so we went back into the Muskingum and fished it along the shores. But yeah, I, that's the only time I've ever fished there. I've fished by my wife's house. You know, she lives right along the Ohio river. Um, and had moderate luck, you know, I mean, it's, I don't know. It wasn't a super enjoyable experience because basically it was me and a bunch of people smoking and I'm pretty sure a a lot of people doing drugs as well at this little park. Oh, nice. You know, so it was, and I had, you know, okay, you know, okay time catching small smaller catfish um i think that's all i caught was catfish and maybe a couple of tiny bass yeah i mean i don't even know uh, i mean so i guess that you know i was but i was gonna say i don't even know what i'm fishing for in the river you know i mean i guess i know there's catfish in there um and gar because i saw one (laughs) yeah i mean I think everyone, at least, you know, because down by my wife's house, everyone who's fishing from the bank there is almost exclusively fishing for catfish. Okay. Yeah, because we, they have a a little boardwalk, and everyone that I've walked by is smoking a cigarette and fishing for catfish. So I tried that for a little bit, you know, I had a, a, a floating hook with a, you know, with a, a weight, you know, a few inches up, to keep it floating up off the bottom. And did you, just, were you, were you smoking a cigarette and did you have a 40 in a paper bag? <laughs> no. See, that's no, probably where you went, my problem. That's I think probably that's where you went wrong. Yeah. When <laughs> I was down there, I did not fish, but the people I did see fishing were missing a lot of teeth. <laughs> and we're eating sandwiches with their 40s in their yeah. camping chairs and we did bring sandwiches so i was half I mean, I was they they didn't catch anything though i didn't see anyone catch any fish okay. um but i just assumed they were fishing for the elusive river monster and i don't know like i said i've never i never fished at all i wouldn't be good at it i'm not a good fisherman i'm the worst fisherman out of all of us so um i don't feel that i would have had any success either so i'm open to any and all suggestions yeah i got out on the ohio river one time in a kayak that was a fun experience you know in what way well almost getting hit by a barge <laughs> I mean, I didn't almost get hit by a barge, but when you're actually out there, like a barge moves a lot quicker than you expect. Yeah, from the bank it looks like it's just creeping along. Yeah, so in a kayak, I mean, you're out in the middle of the Ohio River and you know, basically going from bank to bank and, you know, all of a sudden a barge kind of appears coming down the river and you're trying your hardest to get, you know, across the river while not going too far down the river because then you got to paddle up river. And I mean, I think the river was a little high when I was doing this too, you know, and it it was probably a really bad idea to be out there. <laughs> you know, I, I've done that a couple of times in my kayak, gotten in water that I really shouldn't be in. Yeah. But like, like your frozen pond with your wife pulling you across it. Yeah, I mean that. Uh, <laughs> that, that that's probably one of the more safer situations. <laughs> okay. I, I've I've gotten myself caught in some some rivers where it's like, oh, I'm gonna paddle down the river and then, you know, I'll paddle back up, and it's like, oh yeah, this this water is moving way quicker than I thought. Oh, okay. Or just you know yahoos on lakes who you know want to try to flood your kayak oh 
Yeah. You know, they, I mean, they're, they're basically trying or, I mean, I assume they're trying because I, you know, there's no other reason to go that fast, that close to me. Like I can't, you know, my mobility is pretty limited. I, you know, I can't really go many places. You can easily steer out and around me. Right. Yeah. But sometimes you just got to bail it out, you know? So, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So that uh, you said going bank to bank, that that brings up a question. And I'm sure there's an answer to this, but. The Ohio, West Virginia line is somewhere in the middle of the river, right? So how does fishing laws work? Are you allowed to fish the opposite, the West Virginia bank? Your regs book explains it. I know that. Okay. I've I've looked it up before. I don't know the exact rules, but okay. I've looked it up before. And yeah, I I can't tell you what the answer is exactly. I think you're allowed to fish the Ohio River, but none of its West Virginia tributaries. Oh, okay. But I don't I don't know that for a fact. Okay. All right. Well, like I said, Somebody hit us up if you if you've got some some big river fishing knowledge because I, I I need some help. <laughs> yeah. So, anything else you guys want to touch on before we shut this one off? I don't think so. I think we pretty much covered it. Yeah, I think yeah. we hit all the things I had uh, on my list. Got you know. Like I said, one more deer hunting hurrah. So we'll see how that goes. And, uh, yeah, I think that's good. So stay tuned next week or, or here in the next couple of weeks. We hope to have some, some shed hunting content coming up. So if you're interested or getting, getting antsy for that kind of stuff, we should have some, some content coming your way soon. So, all right. So, that's it for this week. Like I said, kind of a, a hodgepodge of topics in this one. Hopefully it was uh, beneficial, <laughs> enjoyable to listen to any of the above. If you enjoyed it, I would appreciate you giving the the episode a like. Um, leave us a review on, on whatever podcast app it is you use. If you're you know an Apple uh, person, you know, Apple podcast, that, that really helps us. And make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram. We're Ohio Huntsman on Facebook, Ohio Huntsman underscore podcast on Instagram. And we like hearing from you. So shoot us a message. Um, If there's a topic you want us to cover, send us a message. And we'll do our best to make it happen. And with that, as always, I want to thank you all for listening, sharing, subscribing. It means a lot to us. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And we'll talk to you next week.